David Grant, a big, burly football star, had passed out on the sofa downstairs, she knew, and Kit Ames, his girlfriend, had claimed the floor nearby. Even if it meant sleeping on the floor, Kit wouldn't go far from David. She protected her turf with more ferocity than most of the players demonstrated on the field. But then something, something too elusive to identify, had alerted her, as if her every sense had been attuned to the night. She had sensed movement somewhere in the house, not the natural movement of those who belonged, those who had been invited in. It was subtle, as if she had heard the slithering of a snake moving through distant grass. She was sharing a room with two of the other girls, and at first both of them had appeared to be sleeping peacefully. But then she'd realized something was wrong, though she couldn't explain how she'd known it. She'd tried to wake Jen Peterson, but Jen had been so deeply asleep that she hadn't responded to her urgent whispers. She'd had more success with Victoria Preston, who'd just begun to rouse when she had seen the man enter the room. He'd been all in black, wearing what looked like a black dive suit, including a tight hood that covered everything but his eyes and mouth. He hadn't seen her or Victoria, but had gone straight to Jen and stared down at her for a moment. Then, before Chloe could move, he struck. She tried not to scream and clamped a hand over Victoria's mouth. Jen's bed was close to the door, so to get away they had to make it to the bathroom connecting their room to the bedroom next door. Amazed by how quickly her mind was working in the midst of panic, she grabbed Victoria's arm and dragged her into the bathroom, slamming the door behind them. Victoria started screaming then, and Chloe shoved her out into the hall. As Chloe started to follow, someone closed the door from the outside, leaving her no choice but to retreat to the other bedroom. There was more than one stranger in the house, she realized. More than one killer. The bedroom door started to open as someone began dragging a body in. A big body. Chloe quickly plunged under the bed. The full moon suddenly burst through the clouds, spilling oyster-shell white light across the room through the gaps in the drapes. That was when she saw red, crimson, spilling across the floor, dripping from above her, from a body on the bed. She tried not to scream and waited, listening. They were barely discernible, but she could hear footsteps. She stared into the room from her hiding place and saw that the killer wore clear plastic freezer bags over his feet, and his dive skin, appropriate for the balmy waters of Florida and the Caribbean, was sold by the thousands in the area. Two killers, one in this room and one next door. Or were there more? Had Victoria made it down the stairs? She watched his feet moving stealthily across the floor and into the bathroom, He would find her there beneath the bed. He was bound to. Knowing she had no choice, she rolled out from beneath the bed and carefully, silently, on bare feet, hurried to the door to the hallway. She looked out and saw no one, so she slipped out, hoping to find someone else alive, hoping to find something with which to save herself. Nothing. No one. She raced along the hall to the stairway, Ochre light filled the living room at the foot of the grand stairway. Red spilled out across the marble there, too. Red spelled a message on the wall. Death to defilers. There was a picture in red as well. A strangely shaped hand drawn in blood.
She sensed movement behind her and turned to look. Brad Angsley, Victoria's college-age cousin, was staggering out from one of the other bedrooms, holding his head. She rushed toward him. He's right behind us, he cried. Move, she insisted, and helped him stagger down the stairs. As they reached the great entry with its double doors, she dared a quick look back. Someone was coming after them, another man in black with some kind of knapsack or canvas bag over his shoulder. Which killer was he? Were there more ahead? What would happen when she opened the door? Would another killer be waiting there? She had no choice but to find out. She struggled briefly with the lock, then threw open the doors and raced out, with Brad clinging to her shoulder. They made it down the long gravel path to the driveway and had almost lost themselves amidst the collection of BMWs, Audis, and beat-up cars that belonged to the average kids who had made their way.